Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Read with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Worldwide, consumers order goods made in China often at rock bottom prices compared to goods produced in other parts of the world, like Europe, for example. But what is the true cost of producing goods that continue to lie unseen, well behind those cheap prices? Journalist Amelia Pang joins the dots between what we buy, those who make the goods, and the conditions that they bear to bring such inexpensive goods to the ever hungry consumer market. Her book is incredible. It's titled Made in China. A Prisoner, an SOS letter, and the hidden costs of America's cheap goods. Author and award-winning journalist Amelia Pang joins us now. Good morning, Amelia. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Your book is unputdownable, and it really made me start to think of my own decisions as a consumer and the stories I cover as well as a journalist. Now, the book starts with an actual note from a Chinese worker. Why did you choose to start there? It wasn't just any Chinese worker. Okay. It was a Chinese forced laborer in an extra legal detention center. The way he landed in there. He was never sent to a trial. He never had access to a lawyer. He arbitrarily landed there and was stuck in these types of detention centers for years, doing a lot of times forced labor under very torturous conditions. And this is a note that gets to an American consumer. Right. What did the note actually say? It basically described the types of torture he was going through, how he worked uh, 15 hours, sometimes more, uh, every day and had no breaks and or access to medical care and he knew for certain that this was being exported and he proved it when his letter was discovered by an ordinary American mother who purchased Halloween decorations for her children uh, from Kmart. And she's unpacking this gravestone and literally this SOS letter falls out of the packaging and she's haunted by it. Um, And I wonder if you could give us the backstory to how you came to put this book together and why telling this very complicated, multi-layered thread of China's production and supply chains, how do you come to tell this story? Well, I think in the Chinese human rights community, we have known for decades that Forced labor is a prevalent problem uh, in China and other parts of the world, but especially in China. And um, a, a, lot, a significant portion of these products are ending up uh, going past ports all over the world. Mm-hmm. And But on the masses level, uh, there's not a lot of people who are aware of this. And a lot of corporations and even investors are, are may not be quite aware of the extent of of how troubling uh, the conditions are for, for how some of these products are actually made. Um, so since your audience um, is uh, largely people who are interested in learning how to maybe invest their money more smartly, mm-hmm. um, I would recommend everyone to be more aware of the risks of maybe associating with companies that have such a large part of critical parts of their supply chain in China um, you really want to start asking questions such as what kind of audits are they doing to ensure that these products are ethically made and not and don't, are not involved with any types of forced labor. Mm-hmm. The current uh, standard for audits is quite weak at the moment. A lot of companies might only check for things like the cleanliness of the factory, the quality of the product itself, mm-hmm. uh, the quality of the equipment. Uh, they don't really detect something as complicated as or as hidden as 
a secret subcontracting to an unauthorized sub- supplier, uh, such as a forced labor facility. Uh, so we really, uh, in order to protect our investment and to make sure that the companies that we want to put our money into, whether we're purchasing goods or putting our investment money into, we want to make sure that they have a solid supply chain, not just um, in terms of what's currently happening, but also in terms of potential pending regulations that the U.S. government may uh, infringe on to China regarding its human rights violations. So recently we saw Chinese pushback on brands calling out Xinjiang's forced labor practices. Uh, Xinjiang produces about a fifth of the world's cotton and several major brands expressed concern over allegations that members of mostly Muslim Uyghur minority groups are being used as forced labor. So companies like H&M saw their online shops blocked. Others saw their stores wiped off the digital maps in China. Uh, This after several Western countries imposed sanctions um, on China. So when we see Chinese boycotting Western brands, what do you think is it going to take for big brands to not be complicit in the forced labor defined supply chains? That's a great point. Uh, That's China's way of pushing back because they are nervous about uh, all of the attention that the Uyghur region, also known as Xinjiang, has been receiving. Um, I would say to big brands, you should be cognizant that the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act is pretty close to passing in the U.S. at the moment, and that would effectively ban all products um, from the Xinjiang region from entering the U.S., which is quite a big, uh, quite a big a loss for a lot of corporations. So already uh, we're having a lot of corporations reconsider um, whether they want to have such a large part of the supply chain in Xinjiang. Does your brand bring to light the brands that are associated with forced labor? You know, it's really hard to say because mm. there's very few people... Um, I haven't come across anyone, at least in my research, that is effectively uh, tracking the raw, where the raw materials come from. Mm-hmm. So maybe a lot of their, a lot of, a lot of, most of their supply chain isn't from forced labor, but yeah, you don't really know. There's, mm-hmm. A lot of these raw materials are sometimes manufactured in labor camps as well. Can you describe the extent of the working conditions in some of these factories that you write about in this book? It's extremely disturbing because these places were originally based off of Soviet gulags uh, when the first camps uh, formed in the 19, as early on as the 1930s, they were based off of the Soviet Union. So a lot of the intention behind these camps is to torture political dissidents and um, other kinds of people that the Chinese government finds problematic. Um, they, it's pretty severe torture, a lot of sleep deprivation and just political indoctrination and extremely grueling long hours, uh, again, without access to medical care or proper equipment. So when workers commonly get injured on the job, they uh, are quite bloody and um, maybe they have puss on their hands and all of that is you know, getting on to the products that they make. And with the Belt and Road Initiative, Amelia, do you think the human rights abuses are likely to worsen? I think so, because the Belt and Road Initiative is one reason why the Uyghur camps, at least, are expanding at the rate that they are. You know, the, the Belt and, a key part of the Belt and Road Initiative drives through Xinjiang, because yeah. that part of China 
that part connects China to the Middle East. It connects China to West Asia and Europe. You know, it's a really important part that China has already invested a lot of money into building bridges and 5G networks and other types of infrastructure. So it's kind of too big to fail. And they're afraid of any kind of potential uprising. Those are there. There's not really a big chance that any kind of uprising will happen there mm-hmm. uh, due to how, how how tightly China has controlled the region over the years. Uh, but, but because of that fear, they really that's really what's driven the mass arrest and detainment of the Uyghurs into these camps. The book starts with an SOS note. And I believe there's been a film made of this particular prisoner. But for the listener who may be unfamiliar with the story... Can you give us a sense of what happened to that prisoner who smuggled out that desperate note for help? Yes, he was a follower of the banned spiritual movement, Falun Gong. And in recent years, they've taken on a lot of pro-democracy activism in the underground um, pro-democracy network in China. Um, And so he was arrested for participating in those types of activities. And he spent a lot of his life in a force in various forced labor facilities and prison camps, and he gave up most of his youth uh, for this dream of a and hope of a freer China one day. And um, the the whole reason why he wrote that note and hoped to, to get out to the world is to is to have people hear his story. So, um, although he unfortunately did not survive the forced survive. Um, he survived forced labor, but he, he didn't actually uh, live very long much after that due to a series of unfortunate events uh, that happened, uh, as you will find out if you read the book. But he, I, I know he just really wanted people to know how the human cost behind these goods. It's an amazing book, Amelia. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Amelia Pang is the author of Made in China, A Prisoner, An SOS Letter, and The Hidden Costs of America's Cheap Goods. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.